But we said, oh, we can, we can set up another speaker for you to play the ceremony music. So we did that. And yeah, after that, they yeah emailed us, oh, thank you for helping us out. Could we put you on the recommended suppliers list? So yeah, like I say, I've never asked. It's just being nice, being a nice, being helpful, being me. Yeah. I'm Becca Poutney, wedding business marketing expert, speaker and blogger, and you're listening to the Wedding Pros Who Are Ready To Grow podcast. I'm here to share with you actionable tips, strategies and real life examples to help you take your wedding business to the next level. If you are an ambitious wedding business owner that wants to take your passion and use it to build a profitable, sustainable business doing what you love, then you're in the right place. Let's get going with today's episode. Before we get going with today's episode, I want to make sure that you've heard all about my brand new program, The Wedding Pro Business Builder. I cannot tell you how many times over the last year I've been asked, Becca, where can I get all of your marketing and sales knowledge in easy to follow steps that I can implement into my own wedding business to become more successful? Well, you asked and I've delivered a year in the making and my brand new signature program, The Wedding Pro Business Builder, is now ready for you to get hold of. This is for you if you want to build a profitable wedding business doing what you love. I get it. You're really good at what you do. You're a great florist, cake maker, photographer, DJ, the list goes on. But maybe you're just not so confident on the sales and marketing strategies. And that's where I come in. This program is going to take you through everything you need to know to build a profitable wedding business. We start with brand and I help you create a really great brand that stands out from the crowd and understand who you're trying to market to. In module two, we start to look at marketing. What marketing options are right for you in the wedding industry and how do you know where to start and how do you make the most of them to make sure you get a great return on investment? Module three is all about building connections. We look at building connections with other wedding business owners, wedding venues, and also wedding couples. How do you end those sales calls to make sure that they always end in a purchase rather than their just ghosting you. And in the final module, we dive deep into sales and marketing plans. In this module, I talk to you about finances. We look at your pricing. We look at whether or not you're making any profit. And I help you work out what you should be charging and how you should be managing your business in order to bring home the money that you want to. The complete program is incredible and I know it's going to make such a great difference to your business. And the great news is it's a really good investment. Why? Because you only need to book one or two weddings ever in a lifetime in order to pay for it. For less than £500, you can get your hands on all of this great information as well as a couple of little bonuses thrown in there as well. So what are you waiting for? Head to the show notes, go and click on the link and find out more about the Wedding Pro Business Builder. I can't wait to see you inside. Today, I'm chatting with one of my favorite wedding pros on the planet, Dan from JN Sounds. I've been working with Dan for the last six years, and I've watched his DJ business explode. From being in a partnership to taking the business on alone, through a rebrand, new website, and multiple wedding seasons. So why do I love Dan as a client? Well, he shows up, he takes serious action, he's always willing to help other people, and he does it all alongside a full-time job. So inspiring. I can't wait for you to hear his story. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Becca. How are you? How's it going? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. I know I've been trying to get you on this podcast for a while. You're a busy man, but it's really good to have you. And I know people are going to love hearing your story today. Good to be here. Looking forward to it. Okay, so let's start by going right back to the beginning of your journey. If you can take yourself back to that point of starting your wedding business. 
Like, why did you decide to start a wedding business in the first place? What happened to get you onto that journey? Yeah, so it was a good few years now, probably about 13 years ago, maybe even a bit more. And I mean, it it wasn't really a wedding business as such to start off with. It was just a, you know, a mobile DJ business. Um, and this was with my friend John. So there was two of us and it was more it was more kind of doing every event that we can rather than just just weddings but over the time over the first few years we you know we realized that weddings you know despite being you know, more work compared to like a birthday party they're a lot more fun and pay a bit more as well and so yeah we started going more and more in down into the wedding route so did you and john just have a chat one day and think Let's start a business. Like, how did that come about? So, yeah, so I guess, yeah, before we actually started the business, so before John got into DJing, his dad was into DJing. So he was a mobile DJ back in the 70s, like, so the original mobile DJs back then. And so, yeah, so John kind of got into it through that. And I think John started, you know, sort of doing parties and things when he was about 15, 16. Then I met John at McDonald's, where we both worked when I was about 16, 17. I don't want to anymore. And then, yeah, so I, 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 yeah, I was, I've always been massively into music. And, you know, but I, you know when I sort of started, you know, became 18 and started going to clubs and things, that was when I, I was looking at what the DJs were doing. I wanted to do what they were doing. And, and yeah, so, I mean, yeah, me and John were both into that. And I went and helped John at some uh, parties that he was doing. And then, yeah, we did, did more and more. And then we decided let's take things a bit more seriously and charge a bit more money. And, yeah. And then it just spiralled. And it went from there. So you started (laughs) off doing more kind of parties, celebrations, that kind of thing. One thing people always ask me, especially when they're just starting out, is where on earth do I find my first wedding bookings from? So can you remember back to that point? Like, how did you get your first weddings? Where did that come from? So our first one was some friends, friends of my sister who were getting married and so they 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 must have heard I can't remember they must have heard that we were doing doing parties and things and asked if we could book uh, book us for their wedding and yeah that's a good point I mean the, the first few weddings that we did yeah they were like for people we didn't know we, they were quite scary but we you know we'd done a lot of parties you know we were confident sort of music wise but yeah how we how we got them I can't remember I mean we we set up a website and Facebook page. Yeah, thinking back to some of the earlier ones, they were probably like friends of friends. And at some point back in the day, we used Google AdWords, which was like really cheap back then. You, you, if you spent £20, you'd get like £50 credit and one click would be like 50p as opposed to whatever it is now. I don't even know, probably multiple pounds. Facebook, yeah, through Facebook as well. Uh, you know, Facebook I don't use so much now, but back in the day, I got a lot of inquiries through that, so... So you yeah. basically just put yourselves out there. You started a you started a website, you told people that you're willing to do it, and then people started to find you. And your business grew, and when I first met you, you and John were in business together. You're working really hard, you had a great successful business. And then things took a different turn, didn't they? Because you decided that it was going to be time to go it alone. So tell me a bit more about that story and how that ended up happening. Yeah. See, there was quite a few years where we worked together and we did did a lot of weddings. So just before COVID, 2019, was it? So about halfway through that year, John said that he was going to uh, hang up his headphones because he'd, he'd been doing it for a long time. He had a, a young child and his uh, you know, his other job, which he still enjoyed, was starting to sort of clash with like Saturdays. So he said, oh, at the end of 2019, I'm going to stop. It was all, all totally amicable, but I had to decide, oh, am I going to stop as well or, or carry on? And 
I decided to carry on. So early 2020, I was ready to get ready to go, lots of bookings, and then and then and then I bought a van, and bought another van, I bought some new speakers, and then COVID happened. Yeah. Yes, the years that we don't like to talk about. But I do remember if we go back before that, I remember having conversations with you when you were thinking about doing it on your own, about whether it's the right thing, whether it was something you were going to be able to do, whether couples would like you as much if you were on your own. Now looking back, like what's been your experience of of taking that leap and going and carrying on on your own? Yeah, I was thinking lots about it. I was speaking to you and lots of other people about it. And it was it was quite, yeah, it was scary. You know, having to do everything on my own. I think one of the one of the big things that one of the main things that John would sort of do, as opposed to me, was a lot of the hosting on the mic. You know, so I'd concentrate on the music, and he'd be concentrating on the microphone. Especially, so we sort of aimed at more like all day weddings and doing the hosting during the day for like the speeches and things like that. So that was one big thing that was a bit scary for me. And I, but I had to just, you know, it's not that I hadn't done it before, but he did it most of the time, and I had to just dive in and do it. And now, you know, now I'm totally, totally fine with that. But I've been I've enjoyed it. It's been good just doing things just kind of my way as opposed to, you know, we'd always check things with each other. Now I can just sort of, yeah, it's different, but I like it. I can just do things my way and, it, yeah, it's going well. Great. And I think there's always pros and cons to working in a partnership or working on your own. There's some great benefits to being with a partner because you've got someone else to share ideas with and you've got someone else to share responsibility with. But then on the other hand, You've also got someone to share responsibility with and share ideas yeah. with, which can be difficult. So <laughs> yeah. I think um, for me, there's never a right or wrong. People often ask me, should I do this on my own or should I go into business with someone else? And I think the question to think about is, what's the reason you want to do it with someone else? And so often it is confidence. They feel like they can't do it on their own, but actually sometimes they do better when they do things on their own because they can just make all of the decisions instantly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so you've been in business for a number of years now. You've got a lot of experience from when you first started. What are some of the big lessons you've learned along the way in terms of getting business and working at weddings? Oh, that's a big question. I think like networking events, you know, meeting other suppliers and just, you know, as time has gone on over you know, over the years, I've sort of met more suppliers and more got in with more venues and that sort of thing. That that's really important and I think the, the first few years we weren't really well. I think there was a lot less networking groups around, especially wedding-specific ones. So we'd, we'd meet suppliers, you know, photographers and people at the weddings and chat to them. But then, then you might see them again at another wedding, but not you know not really chatting between. So th- that's been massive, I think. You know, going to networking events and where they're you know networking events that are a bit more ones like, like you've organised Becca, where there's like what was it, like quick fire sort of chatting sessions that you did, wasn't it, um, where you sort of get to know people a bit more formally, but then you know, but then just un- un- informally going out for people with drinks and, you know, meeting all sorts of... I know, I know so many people in the wedding industry now and I've learned a lot, a lot from a lot of people. I think, yeah, a lot of it just comes over time, like just meeting more people over time. But, yeah, the networking has been massive. Social media as well, just growing... Social media, when Instagram started becoming more popular, moving over to that, I never, I couldn't get into that sort of straight away. I didn't get Instagram first of all, but when it started ballooning, you know, I put more effort into Instagram than Facebook. And I think, you know, the wedding, the sort of age groups of people getting married moved over to Instagram as well, didn't they, rather than Facebook. And so, yeah, Instagram is, I put a lot of effort into that. 
for a for someone who's a part-time DJ and yeah and I got a lot lot of inquiries through that and yeah what was the question <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think you you've answered it perfectly because you the two things you mentioned are two things that I think we don't value enough often so the first one being networking often people don't understand well why would I need to go to networking how's that going to get me business there's not going to be any couples there but actually in this industry who you know is so important and people can bring work to you by mentioning you to their couples and secondly talking about how you first got onto Instagram you know over the 13 years or so you've been in business like business is changing all of the time. The social platforms are changing all of the time. And people don't understand that in business, you've got to keep up with those things. Like you've got to be on your toes. The things that worked five years ago are different to the things that work today and are going to be different to the things that work again in five years time. Right now, where do you think most of your inquiries come from? If you were to have a broad look at what's going on in your business? Do you know what? I haven't looked at the stats lately. I should. I think when I last looked, it was probably about 50-50 between so so our web you know my website has been around a good few years now so that does well in google rankings so a lot of um inquiries come from google i'd say probably 50% like just through google so my contact form i have a a box where did you find me so a lot from google and then the other half i'd probably say venue recommendations or other supplier recommendations or other DJs and and social media yeah quite a few through through Instagram as well. I'd say that's the main places. One of the things I really love about you, Dan, is that I think you're so humble in the way that you talk about things and you downplay things so much. So you talk about, oh, I've had a website for a long time and it does really well on Google. I know because I've watched it over the last few years. You work incredibly hard at things like that. You work on your search engine optimization. You learn about it. You have the apps to look at it. You keep a track of it. You go to trading sessions and you implement it. Why have you kind of put so much emphasis on investing in yourself and doing that kind of personal development? I think it's important too. And, you know, even back 13 years ago when we started the business, we didn't, we wanted to do things, you know, we didn't want it to just be a casual kind of part-time business. We wanted to, you know, as a business, we wanted to take things seriously. And we'd, you know, we'd go to training events, you know, where you kind of learn to pick up DJ skills and hosting skills, but then, you know, events that the likes of you put on where you learn about SEO and yeah, I just I just always want to do things the, the best that I can, basically. You know, if I can improve my website and get more inquiries, even if I'm turning, even if it just means I'm getting more inquiries, but having to turn away a load more because I can't do them all. Yeah, I just want to do do things as, as best as I can with the, with the time time I've got. And I think that's really important for people listening to think about because so often people just, they see someone like you, they see you being really successful and they think there's some kind of magic involved and they just think, well, I just want more people to inquire. But what they don't necessarily see is that it is not just coincidental you've put in huge amounts of hard work and you're always learning and you're always taking action to keep on improving your results so if you are listening to this and you're thinking I just I just wish that I could be in a position where I can turn down inquiries it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen by accident but if you put in the hard work and you market yourself and you keep on learning then it will happen for you 100%. Now one of the things you mentioned was venue recommendations and I know this is a topic that comes up in questions to me a lot. Um, How have you built relationships with venues over the last few years and what's worked for you in terms of getting on those elusive supplier lists? I don't think there's a secret answer or tip it's just I've just been me I've just gone to venues and been nice been nice to people and helpful 
I've never asked to be on any, on any lists, lists, I don't think. They've always, I've always been approached by venues. I remember the first one I got onto, this, this was when John was around. He's still alive, he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> when I was working with John. We were setting up in the day a bit earlier, like for the evening, so we weren't, we weren't working in the day, but we, was, we were just going to be DJing in the evening, but we were setting up earlier. And I think the venue, they were either having trouble with this, so the ceremony was going to be just outside the venue, and they were either having trouble with their speaker or something, or I can't remember exactly, but we said, oh, we can, we can set up another speaker for you to play the ceremony music. So we did that. And, yeah, after that, they, yeah, emailed us, oh, thank you for helping us out. Could we put you on the recommended supplies list? So, yeah, like I say, I've never asked. It's just being nice, being nice, being helpful, being me, yeah. 100% and going above and beyond for people because a lot of people would think well that's out of my remit I don't have to do that that's the, that's the venue's problem that their speaker's not working not my problem but actually doing something kind stepping out of our way and doing something that probably wasn't that much extra effort for you to do can make all the difference yeah, in totally. building that relationship yeah, with the absolutely. venue now, you mentioned earlier about how you are a part-time DJ. I think that's a little unfair because I know you work incredibly hard on your business, but you do still have uh, a full-time job alongside of your business. So how on earth do you manage your time? How do you balance the two? And why is it that you carry on with your day job as well as your DJ business? Yeah, so it does, I say this a lot, it does feel like two full-time jobs at times. So yeah, I work pretty much Monday to Friday, nine to five so a lot of evenings I spend, or even, even lunch times at work, we've got like a cafe at work and I'll take my laptop to work with me and go and do stuff at lunchtime. Not every, I don't want it to be every lunchtime, you know, that I'm just working the whole day. But yeah, lunchtimes, evenings, you know, most evenings, I, a lot of evenings I have client meetings, especially at the moment, there's loads. Yeah, my, my other, I enjoy my other job. So I work at a university and, you know, it's a nice place to work. I've yeah, I'm just I'm just comfortable comfortable at the moment in working my other job and then and then sort of only you know, I don't do loads of weddings a year, although last year was pretty mental. So I'm trying to do a bit less this this year to have more some more free weekends. Yeah. So how do you set those boundaries? How do you decide, right, this year I want to do this many weddings? Do you decide on number of weddings that you want to do? Do you block out weekends that you want to have off? Do you look at monetary value? Because I know that you probably could book more weekends than you do because you do get a lot of inquiries. So how do you keep yourself accountable? How do you set those boundaries in your business? Yeah, so I'd say like for each, I probably look to do like so many a month, say like, you know, it does it does vary a bit, and sometimes in the summer months I can do a bit more to make up for, say, like January and February, where there's not as many. But say if I if I sort of say right, I'm going to limit it to three in a month, and that's it. And then once that month gets full, then I that's it. It is you know it's so tempting to take on other ones when they come in, and I you know sometimes do, especially if I think oh nothing's happening that weekend. But you know this year I am being stricter, and if I've got say like three weekends in a row. And then I've got a break of another of a weekend, and then I've got a couple more weekends. I'll I'll be like, no, I'm definitely keeping that weekend free, so I'm not doing six weekends in a row, especially this year. More being more more strict with that. 
I think it's really important to talk about it because it's a problem people don't realize they're going to have until they have it. So when people first start working with me, often they'll say, you know, how do I get my first wedding? I wish I could get more leads. I wish I could get more inquiries. I wish I could get more weddings. And then they blink and the next minute they're working so hard, they've got no time to do anything else. And actually, I think it's really important to think about those boundaries before you hit them uh, and to know, yeah, okay, occasionally if something really good comes in, you can break them a little bit. But if we know, you know, I only want to do 20 weddings next year. And once you hit your 20, that's it. You close your books and that's okay. Mm. You don't have to keep on taking more and more and more and more. Yeah. I mean, you know, I do look at the number. Yeah. So you start, yeah, the number of weddings and then the sort of, you know, financial number of weddings as well. Yeah. So you track both yeah, statistics. Yeah. Now, one of the things that you are known for inside of my members lounge, although you haven't done it for a little while, so maybe you need to do it again soon, is for giving great book recommendations. I know you read loads of different business books and you've learned so much from books. So off the cuff, I would love to know, is there a business book that you've read recently that you would recommend to people who are listening? Do you know what? I haven't read as many recently. In the last I'd probably say in the last sort of year or two, I've got more into podcasts because they're a bit easy, <laughs> but easy. To, you know, you can listen to them as you're as you're doing other stuff, you know, in the gym or whatever. I'm trying to think of the last actual book I read. There's one book, and I and I know you've read it, Becca, that I always recommend to people, and it's one that I read. It's a few years ago, and it was a book on branding called Build. Is it Building a Story Brand by I want to say Donald somebody? Yeah, Don Miller. Donald Miller. That's the one. Yeah. Donald Miller. I've got it on my shelf behind me. Building a story brand with Donald Miller. That's an amazing, I, you know, for a business book, that's, I couldn't put it down. It was like, I need to get to the end of this. Read it in like a weekend. And uh, yeah, if you're, especially if you're, so at the time when I read that, I was kind of building a new website. So that really helped. But even if you're not, if you think, oh, my, you know, my website needs an update it's not what I want it, want it to be reading that just opens your mind to how people look at websites and you know now and now every time every website I see now I see it in a different way that I never saw it before kind of thing yeah it's a great book it's a great book I'll definitely put a link to it in the show notes because um yeah take Dan's recommendations he always recommends good books I always read the books that he <laughs> recommends for me to read so yeah you need to get some more recommendations and Dan if you like podcasts you should get into audiobooks because audiobooks have revolutionized the way that I read because I am terrible at having time to read but since listening to audiobooks I have listened to more books this year than I've probably read in the last 10 years because as you said you can listen to them while you're at the gym and uh, carry on with the rest of your day yeah I should I don't think I have a I might have had some free ones for Amazon. I don't think I have an account to get them at the moment sort of thing. But yeah, I should. Absolutely. You need to get back onto the reading and make some more recommendations inside (laughs) of the Members Lounge. So, Dan, what is next then for you and Jay and Sounds? You've achieved so much over the last 13 years. Your business has grown and developed. What's on the horizon for you next? That is a very good question that, that I wish I knew the answer to. I think, I mean... Going back to what we what I was saying about you know just starting off on my own just before COVID, so I've only I've only it's only been so there was nothing for in twenty 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 it was around summer twenty one wasn't it where wed, weddings parties for weddings anyway were allowed to go ahead, so it's only been a year and a half where I've been um, doing weddings on my own and I've really enjoyed it and so I want to just carry on for a bit as as is at the moment. I don't know as a you know as a DJ and the late nights and the heavy lifting and everything, you know I take I take my hat off to full time 
DJs who who do it a long time and will do like five weddings in a week because it is it can be really tiring. It does take its toll on your body, and I and I don't sleep well as it is at times. So yeah, I don't I don't know how many more years I'm gonna carry on for, but certainly a few. But even you know with that with that in mind, I'm not just gonna give up and let the website and everything just fizzle out. You know, I'll I'll I know I'll carry on putting effort into what I do until I until the day I stop kind of thing maybe it's time to start looking around for some younger DJs to bring into the JN Sounds collective yeah that that things like that do cross my mind you know how I can do things where I don't have to where I can stay sitting down and people do things for me yeah maybe Maybe one day. You've got so much to give. I know that you will achieve great things over the next five to ten years. I have absolutely no doubt. Now, before we finish this chat, Dan, I always finish my interviews with the same question, which is this. What's one thing you wish you'd known sooner in your own wedding business? I think going back to what we... I think the number one thing, going back to what we spoke about earlier, is like the power of networking and knowing other suppliers and, and venues. It's just... You learn so much, you know, you get recommendations, you help each other, you make and you make amazing friends. And that yeah, like I say, the first few years that just we didn't know networking was such a powerful thing and there wasn't much of it as around. So and you know, whether it's in on in Zoom meetings or face to face or even in even in Facebook groups, you know, there's so many niche wedding face Facebook groups. Um, you know, for me, there's millions of DJ groups I'm in. That that was that's the main thing. The other thing I'd say is get an accountant the first few years we tried it on our own and that was horrible <laughs> it was one of the most scary things every year when it came around um and and again i think what i get what i mentioned earlier investing in yourself so in your business so whether it's improving your oh, i don't know any, any, anything that improves you or like courses that can improve your business on seo and branding and whatever or the or the specific wedding industry that you're in and and yeah and just and branding as well and like the image and brand of your business I think is is really important I think I think some people don't think about it enough perhaps if they're new or just have never thought that it's a thing to think about I think that's really important and once you've had a your brand starts to get recognized it's been a few years that that really helps with with inquiries yeah, 100%. And take action, which is what you definitely do. You don't just listen, yeah. you don't just yeah, learn, take you take it on and then you go out and do it. And that is what makes you successful. Dan, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. If people want to find out more about you and about your business, where's the best place for them to find you? My website is jnsounds.com. I am jnsounds on all the social medias. I hang out on Instagram the most, I would say. Not on TikTok yet. Yeah. Maybe in the future we'll find you on TikTok. I'll be sure to add. I think in, I think in the future everyone will everyone will be will need to be on TikTok unless it gets cancelled in this country. <laughs> Watch this space, Dan. It's been such a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you, and I'll see you soon. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Becca. I love that conversation with Dan. Isn't he great? And he's so good at taking action. So if you take nothing else from this podcast episode, remember, it's not just about listening. It's about going out there and taking action. I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.